My name is Andy. And I'm Brian. And this is the Duck and Mouse Podcast. Where we talk about the parks, movies, current events, and more at the place where dreams come true. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Duck and Mouse podcast. We are so excited to be back here. Hopefully you are back here. still were we, listening. Were we on vacation? Well, from last week. Did we go to Disney and I, I slept through it? <laughs> no. no. Oh. But, you know, it's been, a, it's been a period of time since... It has. We've and it's been a, a long movie since we... Yes, <laughs> yes it was. <laughs> we just got finished watching Fantasia and after three days we'll have some things to say about it um all right so for the news today we've got a couple of items to talk about um i will go first it actually kind of goes be my guest with the oh, <laughs> um it actually goes try the gray with, stuff it's delicious okay are you done yeah are you sure all right so <laughs> the um my my piece of news actually is also a little bit related to my article or my my uh, segment. Yeah, my segment today talking about Adventureland. Um, Red Pirate is going to be arriving at Disneyland Park on June eighth. Uh, it will be a um, face character meet and greet with the red the red woman the the red head the red head. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> you confused me when you said the red pirate. I'm like, oh, yes. okay. the, the the redhead. Red yes, excellent. Yeah. Um, well, that'll be cool. Yeah, I think it's interesting that it's a little bit different. It's. I think this is Disney's um, Disney trying to take advantage of the moment because much like Frozen. Yeah, well, because they had there was a lot of controversy with her right with, with the changing of. The redhead scene in Pirates of the Caribbean. We want the redhead. Yeah, show us her larbor side. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so I think it's interesting that they're kind of taking advantage of the the hype that's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not going to be a long-lasting thing, but... It might be. And they have other meet and greets um, with characters from rides. Yeah. They have country bears come out and do a little dance. Mm-hmm. Um, they have... Brer Rab, I think there's a Brer Rabbit, I and a Brer Fox, so. I think and a Brer Bear. I think that's all a lie. I think I've seen them. I'm sure they have them if for a special request. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they might be out on Halloween. That's probably where you saw them. The time when everybody comes out. Yeah. Um, but that'll be cool. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been out to Disneyland in several Months. years. Oh, Disneyland. It's not coming to Disneyland. Disney World? No, this is just in Disneyland. Oh. Yeah. See, that's the thing with Disneyland being what it is. It's more of a park for annual pass holders. There aren't... Right. It's not like a destination uh, location like Disney World is. There's so much to see at Disney World. Right. Disneyland is kind of one of those things where a lot of the locals have the passes and they can just like go there one day for a weekend. So Disneyland sees a lot of, a lot more change out. Right. Through things and the, like the, um, the world of color is a constantly changing 
thing. You know, they have like a Christmas special that right. they do where they just like they don't even show the regular world of color section. They just they completely redid the entire thing. Um, same thing with like the they have they're having an Incredibles parade right now that's going to last throughout the summer, right? And then it's going to go away. Um, you can't really do that at Disney World because it it. When people coming are coming to Disney World, they're expecting to like see everything just the way it's supposed to be because it's a much larger park and it's one of those like once in a lifetime destinations for a lot of guests. I mean, there are right. there are a lot of Florida residents and a lot of cast members that go all the time, but for the majority of the people that visit Disney World, they are from out of town, and this is kind of a they've been saving up all their lives so that they can go. <laughs> to you know walt disney world the meet and greet atmosphere is different at disneyland park as well yeah it's more of a free roaming right characters are kind of walking around i think they have like designated areas but it's not as structured as disney world yeah peter pan specifically has a whole lot of free reign in disneyland where he can just like randomly go up i know that they kind of curbed that a little bit in past years that they're not allowed to do everything. And there still is a character attendance somewhere, but uh, you know, in Disney world, there is only a character attendant and it's a very limited time because there are so many people there. All right. How about your news? So my news literally broke the internet. Um, So funny. As I'm sure many of you have already seen uh, by the time this podcast uh, is published. Um, the new trailer for Ralph breaks the internet, uh, Wreck-It Ralph Two: Ralph breaks the internet has been released and has caused a lot of excitement and stirred a lot of joy and, and excitement and we angst just talked to about see this it. last week. Yeah, we did actually, we touched yeah. on it. Um, so the focus of this trailer was to introduce us to the kind of the idea of the movie, but also to introduce us to all of the Disney princesses. And as we spoke about last week, um, the poster that they released or the, the still from the movie that they released was all of the Disney princesses. And we were kind of confused as to what this would be like and what, you know, what, what's going to be going on. Well, we finally get to see kind of why they're all together and how they're all together. And I, got so excited when I watched the trailer. It was, it was really, really cool. Um, so what's uh, Vanellope? Yeah. That's her name, right? Vanellope Von Schweetz. Right. So she ends up through a series of, of events, um, going into like the Disney area of the internet. And they have, they have used every single, intellectual property that disney owns yeah in that five second trailer (laughs) from star wars to marvel to everything all the princesses and um there's a eeyore shows up eeyore yeah i mean it's it's really cool not not to mention it's not just disney intellectual properties though right because it's the internet things like google and amazon and twitter facebook and twitter and snapchat and it was it's really cool to see how they animated and how they created all of these different what these worlds would be like on the internet yeah but when we see the disney princesses it was kind of like a whoa moment yeah it was i i'm glad that we now have the context for which that picture yes 
And um, from which that picture came. It's it was. I mean, it's just th- that whole. It, it. I think it's a. I think it's literally about a forty-five or fifty-second piece that of the movie that we're seeing with all these Disney princesses. But the. I think the best thing about it is that they brought back all of the original voices. Well, like we said last week, not all. Not all of them. <laughs> um, Snow White, I, I, Snow White I and Cinderella I, and Snow Aurora. Snow White's voice sounded a little hinky. <laughs> I think those are the three that they are, are the only three that aren't original. Um, okay. But Mandy Moore is voicing Rapunzel and Adina Menzel is voicing Elsa and um, Ming Na Wen is voicing uh, Mulan. And it was and Jody Benson and Paige O'Hara are yeah. are they're all there. I mean it's it's really it was really cool. When I when I watched the clip the first time I didn't actually know that they were all original voices. Okay. And of course when Elsa opened her yeah. mouth I like, recognized oh, yeah, and I had to look it up and I looked it up on IMDb and it started listing and I got chills as I was reading <laughs> the I was so excited, I was so giddy. I I'm surprised you didn't know that they were gonna be the original voices. I know. Because I mean, it's logical when you think about it. Well, because they had um, they had a, an event at the D twenty, the last D twenty three, I want to say, where they had all of the original voice actors come out, at, like on stage and talk about their recording session of Wreck It Ralph too. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, I'll have to look that. So up. it was really it was. It, this has been kind of like one of those things of anticipation that Disney fans have seen that this was coming. Right. And then now all of a sudden it's actually a real thing and people are going nuts. And the, I, I mean, just the part where Cinderella breaks her shoe, <laughs> breaks the slipper to, yeah, to like a, like a, bottle. Like a yeah. bottle and, and Snow White chimes in and, and sings at the very end of the trailer. She yeah. Sings a it's also it. really it's interesting. So funny. Uh, it's interesting to see. I know exactly where you're going to go. The translation from 2D yes. to 3D. I was thinking that too when I was watching yeah. it. I was like, because Rapunzel and Elsa and Merida all look normal because right. they're just using the frames and the and the. Uh, but like Snow characters. White looks a lot more cartoony. And Cinderella. Yeah. Well, they were based on when they were animated originally. They were based on real, um, like reference footage it was it was basically right. reference footage so they were animated to look a lot more human i see what you're saying and so now putting them into the wreck it ralph world right it has to translate into that 3d space right. where they do look super cartoony and they can do the over over exaggeration of their facial animation and all of that stuff tiana didn't look too bad actually though i think I tiana think was a little cartoony I, in her animation, I didn't anyway. think anyone looked bad. Um, no, but a it, noticeable difference. Yeah, from and also I noticed that they're they're kind of paying homage to their original source material. So, like Pocahontas, for instance, when she's on on screen for that short period of time, you can see her hair flowing like it did in the yeah. movie. It looked like it was kind of in slow motion a little bit. Right. So it's just little all of the and the things like that. The um the script writing. Again, we're only basing this on the 40 seconds that we saw, but for each of the characters, it's appropriate for each of the characters. Like, it's something that those characters would say. Yeah. But it's funny. Like, the the lines and the quips are so funny. Like, Vanellope is like, do I need to call the police? <laughs> it was. It's just so funny. Yeah. So that, um, yeah, that comes out uh, Thanksgiving of this year. Okay. So it'll be something exciting to see.
Okay, so uh, this week I wanted to talk about the Adventureland area of Magic Kingdom, since last week we talked about Fantasyland. Um, so depending on which side of the park you come in, Adventureland could be the first thing you see, or it could be the last thing you see. Right. So if you're uh, if you come in through the park, you go down Main Street, and you're at the middle of the hub, if you turn to your left... That is where you go. That's the the bridge to Adventureland. Right. Uh, so you kind of go back there, and there are lots of places to. There are like four different souvenir places there. There seems to be a lot of. Well, it's Disney. There are a lot yeah. of gift shops, but there's yeah. a lot in Adventureland. It, there's there, a there's a there's a um, sunglasses sunglass hut. Yeah. In Adventureland, which is kind of. There is strange. There is the only semblance of Agrabah in any of the parks there. It's actually the only location in any of the parks where there is like a permanent uh, location for where Aladdin is supposed to be. Aladdin and Jasmine. Yes. So uh, they have the magic carpets of Aladdin there. And uh, they have an Agrabah souvenir shop thing. I think they call it a little marketplace, but it's like yeah. one of the shop. Yeah. And also when you're walking right into Adventureland, uh, excuse me, currently there's construction going on on the right hand side. And that is for the um, Orlando, Florida project version of Club 33. Supposedly. I think it's pretty confirmed. Has it been announced officially? Um, the, I, they've released pictures of the logo on the different mm-hmm. locations. So I'm pretty sure okay. that it's safe. doesn't break any magic to talk yeah. about it. But um, the, the area on the right-hand side, when you first walk over the bridge, um, right now there's Dream Builder walls up. Um, that area actually, I believe, originally was a restaurant. And then it became the location where Peter Pan did his meet and greet. And then it kind of just turned into a seating area for people, and then I think they decided to. Well, they're using the they're using both the um, both stories for on the Club outside 33. area of that walkway though. That's where Sunshine Tree. Uh, the Further sun- down. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's like it's it's right there. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of um, just they have they always have a, a stand of like stuffed animals and other merchandise there too. Um, so if you go further in that you get to one of the best sit down table service restaurants in the park, which is a little hidden too. It is. It's a little hidden. Um, but it's, I feel it's so underrated cause it's so good, but I think it's people, just, I think it's just that a lot of people don't know about it. People don't know about it. People may be afraid of what's on the menu because the menu items are a little, um, iffy um but it's the tastes like chicken because it is chicken yeah (laughs) it's the skipper canteen um or the jungle jungle cruise cruise company skipper limited something yeah (laughs) it's a really long name (laughs) yeah um so the there's actually a backstory to that uh the the sea story there's an sea story um the proprietor is alberta falls who is the daughter of Albert Falls from the Jungle Cruise? Isn't there something about Schweitzer in so, there too? So yeah, the um, 
the official it's all a conspiracy no so the so there's a joke in the jungle cruise that says that schweitzer falls which is the the waterfall there where there's the back side of water which i have another fact about that too um schweitzer falls is named after the famous african explorer albert falls and that's the joke that there's no Schweitzer involved. <laughs> that it's the word falls that's that's being named after. Gotcha. The falls. But um. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's a jungle cruise. It's joke. a jungle cruise joke. <laughs> it's a really bad joke. Um, so it's supposed to be Alberta's or Albert's daughter Alberta, who opened up this skipper canteen. It has several rooms in it. Uh, the main one being supposed to be the the mess hall. And There's actually um, a picture of the uh, SEA of an SEA meeting. I think it's in the library. It's in the secret room. So there is a secret room that was supposed to be the location for an SEA meeting or several SEA meetings. And there is a picture. Is there a picture? In there, there? Uh, there is a picture. Okay. Of members of the SEA. I've I've, I've seen it. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really, and the the food is delicious. It's, um, it's table service quality for sure. Yeah. I mean, we touched on it in the, um, extra magic, extra magic hour period, but, um, the menu is comprised of dishes from all of the different, um, areas or continents that the jungle cruise goes through yeah so like there's an asian there's an africa there's a mediterranean there's so you'll notice that all of the dishes are themed for those different areas which i think is kind of cool mm-hmm. it's a really nice place to sit too it's super air conditioned unfortunately when i was in there last time it had been raining so like, it was humid so no i it had been raining and i was soaked oh, and so i was sitting freezing. there freezing because the air was cranked in there so yeah, that was a little. That was the only uncomfortable thing for me then. But even though um, it is a kind of hidden gem restaurant, uh, reservations are recommended. Um, they do take walk yeah. ups, but it's you, you'll be waiting a good forty five minutes if yeah. you do a walk up. And if you're going to do the park for like a one time thing, you definitely want to have a reservation because you don't want to be wasting forty five minutes. Right. Um, You'd rather be wasting 45 minutes standing in line for a ride than you could. Well, you could say, "Hey, I want a or reservation seven- for this this time," and then go do watch the, the uh, cheat the Tiki Room show or whatever. Or um, 75 minutes for Peter Pan. Yeah, true. Um, all right, so there's also a quick service location that's called Tortuga Tavern. It's supposed to be Mexican food. It's titled as Mexican food. It's across this, the the way from uh, Pirates. Um, oh yeah, it, that's a, it, it, They have hot dogs and turkey legs. Yeah, I was it. just gonna say that's the turkey leg uh, location. Yeah, that's, that's it though. That's the turkey leg location in Adventureland. But it's supposed to be. Yeah, Mexican I get theme. it. It doesn't doesn't make any sense. Um, and then of course the Aloha Isle, which is by the Tiki, Tiki room. room, which serves the best thing in Fantasyland, which is the Dole Whip. I we have mixed opinions on the Dole Whip. So for those people who do not know what a Dole Whip is, because you need to I'm find sure another podcast are, to listen to, you know, there, there might be new listeners. I know we might be, we might be taking, uh, people we, who are fans of the other theme park in Orlando and converting them. Or just 
just casual Disney people, casual Disney fans who want to find out more about the park. So anyway, Josh, if you're listening, I'm sure you know all of this information already. Go <laughs> is on. He our only listener. Is that what is that who you're talking to whenever we have larger audience than just the D- Disney fanatics that already know this information? Why would they be listening to this anyway? Anyway, uh, so the Dole Whip is a pineapple based soft serve ice cream. So it's not really ice cream. It's actually more yeah. of a sorbet. Yeah. Um, but it's churned like an, like an ice cream, which gives it the soft serve consistency. Go yeah. on. But no, it's just absolutely delicious. Um, um, so we have differing opinions. I I like the Dole Whip. It's I'm not one of those huge, insane Dole Whip fans. I like it. I prefer it as the Dole Whip float with the fresh pineapple juice on the bottom and the Dole Whip on top. You think otherwise i just don't i don't think that those two flavors go together because pineapple and pineapple yeah well one is sweet one is super super sugary sweet the dole whip okay uh, soft serve and then the pineapple juice itself is super tart and the two of them together don't mesh in my mouth what is cool though is that you can um they have mobile ordering for for aloha isle so Mm -hmm. you can mobile order your dole whip Pick it up and then eat it while you're waiting in line for the tiki room. Right. Well, we've done that. We have. The line was ridiculous. And I was like, hey, they have mobile ordering. So I'll just order it. And then I walked up and like passed everyone in line to go pick up my Dole Whip. It was very convenient. It was. All right. So uh, speaking of tiki room. Since it's right next door. Yeah. Let's talk about the attractions in uh, the Adventureland area. So the Enchanted Tiki Room was, it's basically basically a carbon copy of the one in Disneyland that was originally there. Um, when it first opened, it was being funded by a Florida Citrus Commission sponsorship. And uh, fun little fact, the Florida Citrus Commission was the reason why the Orange Bird is a thing at Sunshine Tree Terrace. Orange bird, Orange bird has become a phenomenon. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like a cult. lately. It's a cult classic, and it's of. it's a cute little <laughs> orange bird with a orange, the fruit orange head. Yeah, and it's on Dooney and Burke. It's on dresses. It's on Pandora jewelry. I mean, it's everywhere now. Yeah, it's a it's a cultural phenomenon. So, um, for seventeen years, then it was the Tropical Serenade show. And then they turned it back to the Tiki Room, and then it went under new management with Iago. (laughs) And then apparently there was a fire in the attic area of the Tiki Room, and it damaged the Iago uh, animatronic. And so then they kind of shut it down and said, well, we're going to make it just the good old classic show that everyone knows and loves. So I believe the animatronics in the Tiki room in Disneyland were one of the first animatronics that, um, wed enterprises came up with. Yeah. Um, I know the, the small world ride, I think was the, the actual first debut of animatronics. Um, but, uh, Walt was very proud of the Tiki room animatronics, the birds and the way, the the birds the flowers the the um 
what are they called? The the gods that are carved into oh, the, the wood. Oh, the tiki gods. Yeah. The tiki gods. Um, yeah. So it was it was a revolutionary uh, thing attraction back in the day. Yep. All right. So moving on from there, then uh, across the way back a little bit is the Swiss Family Treehouse, which is kind of a relic. I like park. it. I, I like again, it. Again, we've talked about this. It really no one has seen that movie. In how many years now? <laughs> it's been it's been like forty years, and no one's seen that movie since then. So uh, it's kind of surprising. They actually have a, a the original Swiss Family Treehouse in Disneyland got an uh, overhaul. Yep, and was turned into Tarzan's Treehouse when Tarzan came out. So Swiss that Family Treehouse. Um, if you are a family traveling to the parks anytime soon with young kids. Swiss Family Treehouse is a great way to wear out your kids because there are about 900,000 steps. <laughs> so it's yeah. great for your kids to run up and down the steps and wear them out so that they are sleeping on the ride home. Yes. Um, some other attraction type things uh, include a pirate's adventure, which is a thing where you can like scan your magic band and then it's a scavenger hunt throughout the Adventureland area. And they're like interactive things. It's actually really cool. One yeah. of the one of the stops um, right is right in front of Pirates, and interacts with something that's right above Tortuga Tavern. Mm -hmm. um, you scan your band, and there's a cannon that fires, and it actually fires a puff of smoke out of the end of the cannon. And then there's a sign. Spoiler alert. There's a sign above Tortuga Tavern <laughs> that um, that the the cannonball hits, and it it moves, and it makes it rings a bell, and yeah. it's actually it's really cool. And then the uh, last thing that you can do is the Pirates League, which is basically the pirate version of the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. That's that's pretty much all it is. You like you yeah. can buy a package, uh, pretty much of, and they'll they'll. I think make it has you over as a pirate. I of think any kind. there's some interactive thing with the Jack Sparrow meet and greet with the pirates. Oh yeah, there is too. a there is the Jack Sparrow uh, show that they come out and there's a. Jack Sparrow. He, I think the, the premise of the show is that he re, he's recruiting new pirates. Yeah. For his crew. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the rides because we have um, three minutes left. Two. Okay. I'll cut that out. Two of the three rides are pretty like well known. So there are only three rides <laughs> in the park. It's Jungle Skipper or the, the oh, Jungle right. Cruise. Magic carpets and pirates. And that's I couldn't think of Jungle Cruise <laughs> for the life of me. So um, let's talk about the Jungle Cruise. It was an original attraction. Walt wanted live animals, and he quickly discovered that that was not going to be a possible <laughs> thing. So he developed all of these animatronics, um, things animatronics that worked underwater. And um, fun fact, the reason why all of the water looks so muddy is because... It's dyed to look muddy. It is. And back to the fun fact about Schweitzer Falls. Schweitzer Falls actually acts as a big mixer yeah. for all of the Jungle Cruise water. Um, and in the mornings or whenever they feel they need to re-dye the water, um, it, the dye gets added over by Schweitzer Falls and then it, it's churning the water yeah. through the falls. And all of the boats are And the boats are going like around a, too. Yeah, as the mixer too. Uh, Jungle Cruise is a classic ride that... I I don't mind it. I know you don't love it. I don't love it. I, it's one of those rides that you do once a year and you're good. 
for me. Okay. I think it's interesting. Um, apparently, there's a huge pull for people to go at night because they have different lighting and they do different they things. They also, um, during the holidays, they retheme it to Jingle Cruise. Yes. And it gets a, literally a complete makeover. It also really depends on the skipper that you get. If you get a skipper who's, who's understanding of the, the dry humor. So, well, originally it wasn't, it was originally meant to be a like serious ride where the skippers didn't tell jokes. And then finally they were like, we need to lighten it up a little bit. All right. (laughs) Let's lighten this up a little bit. (laughs) Um, Then the magic carpets of Aladdin it's it's a it's an up and down up and down ride. ride um although this one is different than the other ones because you can control your uh uh I think you carpet can... to get into the way of one of the spitting camels yeah and i think the carpets you can control the yes tilt you can control, control the tail also and then of course you have the most well-known pirates of the caribbean and it's it's just one of those rides. It's amazing. Yeah. So it was the um, last ride that Walt actually presided over. Unfortunately, he died three years before it was finished. Um. Yeah, it's it's a classic. It's a and it 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 exudes Walt and what he what he enjoyed and what he liked doing and pushing the boundaries and creating effects and and. You know, they use smellitizers, they use uh, fire effects, they use... The fire effect, the, actually... The latest animatronics. Yeah, the the fire effect was so convincing to uh, a fire chief who was on the ride that he was, before he realized what was happening, he, he thought that there was an actual fire on the ride, and That's he was, like, cute. trying to figure out how to shut it down. <laughs> um, the pirates ride is unique in the fact that um the ride influenced a movie which haunted mansion has done as well Mm -hmm. um but then the movie has turned around and influenced the ride yeah so it's kind of like a full circle thing so the original pirates story the ride was different than what it currently is um jack sparrow was not a part of it right he came in after after the uh the movie and so they kind of rethemed it to include the jack sparrow storyline um, after the movie. So it's kind of unique in that um, it influenced the movie and then the movie influ- turned around and influenced it. Yeah. Well, that ride itself actually changed, has changed so much in its history. So it originally was a lot more um, scandalous. The, the, the pooped pirate, who is the guy that's in the blue, the heavier set, and he's got the, the hat with the skull on it. Um, he originally was holding uh, women's lingerie and he was making lewd comments about it under his breath and then uh they decided that they were going to change him to the gluttonous guy and he was the gluttonous pirate and he was just talking about food all of the time and uh one of the designers uh, and disney legend xavier atencio otherwise known as x atencio called the ride the Boy Scouts of the Caribbean <laughs> when that happened. And uh, 
even since then, there was the addition of all of the movie uh, stuff that was incorporated. And then, and then more recently, the redhead scene changed. Yes, they they changed the redhead scene so that it didn't objectify women so much. So the um, the Johnny Depp, uh, or the I'm sorry, the Jack Sparrow uh, animatronics are the new model A100s. Um, that was actually the first A100 um, animatronic to go into use at uh, Walt Disney World, I believe. I don't know if it, I don't know if it was the first one at Walt Disneyland. I thought it uh, was Disneyland. I thought I'm sorry. the first A100 was uh, Hopper. And it's tough to be a bug. I don't know because pirates was before Johnny um, Depp wasn't before the, the Jack Sparrow wasn't before that. We'll look it up and edit this okay. as necessary. Um, so the animatronic of um, Jack Sparrow is so realistic looking that while filming the movie in California, Johnny Depp snuck into or snuck into was was brought into the Pirates ride, and he actually hid uh, in certain parts of the ride where his animatronic was, and um, surprised guests. And the guests were so taken aback because it it's such a good resemblance of him, and and it looks so realistic that they didn't realize that it was really him. Yeah, well, they in the ride. they actually removed the first animatronic in the the attraction that was the quote-unquote Johnny Depp animatronic. Um, they actually removed it completely for the ride. They had to shut the ride down for the day before it. And then the next morning, whenever he was... They, like, they, they brought him in there, and it was this big, huge publicity stunt. And obviously it worked, because it, we're talking about it now. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was really It was to promote really the... Cool and really- uh, on Stranger Tides, I think. I don't remember which one. Or maybe it was. it was the this the fifth one. I can't I can't remember. There's a YouTube video of it, and it's actually worth looking up because mm-hmm. it's really funny to see him, you know, yeah. create this classic character and and surprise people with it. And people are just like, I would have died. People don't. I, know what I would <laughs> have died. Yeah. People don't know how to handle it. Um. So overall, Adventureland, I I love it. Because it's got pirates, and that that's just, it's a great ride. Yeah, pirates is, is one of my three go-to rides whenever I go to the park. Um, it's a fun location. I I like going there much more over Fantasyland, because it it's just, it's not nearly as busy. <laughs> but it, it also has a lot of fun stuff to it. I My favorite thing to do is get a Dole Whip and go into... A chan in a tiki room and just sit and enjoy the show. My favorite thing is to get a Dole Whip and walk across to Frontierland and watch Festival of Fantasy. So this week's movie was the epic, long Fantasia. <laughs> so just let's let's preface this with a side note here. Um, it took us three days to watch this movie. Days. We started and stopped a lot because there isn't like a through storyline to it. It is supposed to be different sections. It's it's almost like sitting and watching a concert. Yes. Um, with animation. Yeah. Um, 
So also let's preface it with this. I am a musician. Brian is not necessarily a musician. Um, I'm not, 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 not necessarily. <laughs> I am not. Okay. Um, I'm a chef. I had very different opinions with, about this movie when I was in college. I really, really hated the idea of putting any kind of um, image with classical music because I felt that the listener's imagination should be filling in all of that information and they shouldn't be handed it to, it shouldn't be handed to them on the screen. That was my like original takeaway from when I was in college. And I, I especially didn't like the Sorcerer Mickey um, scene because I loved the Sorcerer's Apprentice piece of music. I listened to it. I learned about that piece before. Is that piece called the Sorcerer's Apprentice? Yes, it is called. Okay. Um, it's, it's in French, but yes, it's what it's called. Um, and I have listened to lots of recordings of it. I love that piece of music. And then when I found out that, or I didn't find out, I kind of knew that it was going to be in Fantasia, and I always refrained from watching Fantasia. Fast forward to today, or this past week, um, I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. We had watched a a little mini documentary about the production of Fantasia. Mainly about the special effects production. And like how incredible it was, and... Um, that watching that gives it a different appreciation. Yeah. Um, so when I went into it this time, I was watching it from that point of view of the art that they were creating was revolutionary. It was progressive and that helped me not be so, um, withholding from liking it. That being said. Looking at Pinocchio, looking at Snow White and then Pinocchio, this was kind of a side shoot of it wasn't meant to be any kind of mainstream. Right. Thing. I think this was um, Walt Disney and his animators way of trying new techniques. Yeah. And figuring new methods of animation out. Yes. Um, the animation. Let me say this. The animation is brilliant. Yes. It's beautiful. The mix of um of animation and real kind of like kind of like foley. Yeah. Um cuz I know like for the the scene with the volcanoes, yeah. The smoke it, from it, the volcanoes is actually filmed upside down um of ink dripping drops. ink into yeah. water. Um and same with the the uh, snowflakes. Yes. Snowflakes were were a mechanical thing. Yeah. Um, the whole galaxy effect during the Rite of Spring, the beginning right. of the Rite of Spring, um, which has never been a great, like, I've never been a fan of the Rite of Spring. Um, it's just not, it's too much. <laughs> and the, they actually developed, there's a scene, um, I don't remember which thing it was in, but there's a scene where they had to create translucent paint or uh, oh, transparent yeah. paint. Yeah. It was for the, um, um, the nutcracker suite. Okay. And there are these little fluffy, um, things 
coming down mm-hmm. and the 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 artwork that they based the animation off of was done with chalk and um, charcoal yeah and yeah. maybe pastels yeah and walt wanted to capture that feel of the of the artwork so he they developed a new kind of paint technique and a new kind of paint to to give it that yeah opaque and they used look. airbrushing yeah and, and it's it's like you said it's beautiful it's, it's really beautiful. really beautiful it's not like animation for economy's sake they took so much painstaking yeah time and detail the detail that's in each and every frame that went behind this film isn't is incredible but it was still boring. it's two hours long and it was just really exhausting to try <laughs> to get through which it. i think is why it took us three days yeah we, we had to kind of take it in chunks and um A lot of the sequences really drug on to me. Yeah. I think even Sorcerer Mickey was a little long. Yeah, well, and that's that's that was also... my favorite that was my favorite scene. I think because it had a story and because it was cute and fun and But I think that that's the point though. They were trying to fill out story and and animation for music that already existed. It's not like the music was written for this right. this right. these animations. So they were they were animating the music yes yeah and it some of it worked some of it didn't uh there were uh, several scenes with the beethoven piece the pastoral symphony i, I like that music i i like the music um but i felt like uh, some of the the animation didn't fit with what was happening i felt that way about the chernobog scene um, yeah with the ave maria i I get what they were going for. Yeah, I get it, but it was like, eh. Um, like the the Chernobog is so violent and so. I mean, I kind of get it because they're the complete opposites, and the music is complete opposites. Yes. So the animation style was complete opposite. Um, I really appreciated that. Um, but here's the other element to this entire movie. There were some scenes that I felt were maybe not appropriate for kids. Um, yes, being too violent. Um, the centaurs. Yeah, that had, was a little. Yeah, and there were like scenes with the demons that the women had their nipples out. Right. <laughs> um, and so it was just kind of like I don't, I don't know. It. I understood it. It's. I guess it was meant for adults. It's not meant. Yeah. To be a children's show, a ch- children's movie. Um. But yeah, it was, it was, I can fully appreciate it for what it was in terms of artist, uh, you know, integrity and all of that stuff. Is it enjoyable? Is it something I want to put on just if I'm in a bad mood? No, no, not at all. It actually did pretty well in the box office though. Um, the budget for the film was 2.28 million and in the box office it did about eight, 83.3 million. So it did have a good ter- comeback and turn I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there that are listening to this and thinking, how can you even say that about Fantasia? Because <laughs> they grew up with Fantasia. That right. was a thing. That was the, their first introduction to classical music was through this movie. Um, and to them, I say, I totally understand what nostalgia is like. <laughs> and I uh, looking at it though, from this point of view, 
I don't want to casually watch this again. It's not something that I'll just play in the background again. Agreed. I'm I'm good forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. It was. It did well with like Rotten Tomatoes and yeah, it had over a ninety-five percent score on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I don't know why it just didn't resonate well. It's okay. It doesn't have to. It's a work of art, and art affects people differently. Yes. And. I think we should just leave it at that. It's good enough. All right, so it's time for our Disney trivia segment of the show, where each week we like to bring you a little bit of extra magic knowledge that you may or may not know about the Disney parks or company or movies. Okay. So what is your piece of information? So my piece of information takes us to Epcot, um, and to an area called the land. Okay. Um, and if you ride the ride in the land, um, you are living with the land. Living with the land. Is the name of the ride. You actually go through a garden. Um, it's an experimental scientific style garden. You'll see some Mickey shaped watermelons growing. You'll see some lettuces growing upside down. Um, some on conveyor belts. It's a really cool uh, little place. Yeah. All of the fruits and vegetables that you see that are grown there are actually used um, on property. Um, they grow about 30 tons of fresh fruit and veggies um, every year. Um, most of it goes to the restaurant um, in the land. Um, there's the uh, garden grill, the garden grill, which is the rotating um, character dining mm-hmm. restaurant. They use, uh, I would say a good, a good percentage of the fruits and vegetables that they use is actually grown in the land. And then also, uh, uh, sunshine seasons. Yes. Is, uh, an amazing restaurant. I love sunshine Seasons, And they also use a ton of fruits and vegetables. Uh, Other places in, in the other parks use stuff as well. Um, but it's a little interesting fact that the food grown there actually gets used and served to the guests there. Yeah. And there's also a, uh, tour, that you can take with uh, the living with the land area it's called, thing. It's called behind the seeds. Yeah, and it, they actually take you to the other uh, greenhouse that they have, where they grow the majority of all of that stuff. Right. It, like the, when you ride living with the land, you see a small uh, greenhouse where they're growing stuff, but they're actually there's another greenhouse where they grow the majority of the stuff that they actually use in the parks. So my trivia piece actually takes place in Epcot also, um, but it has to do with Spaceship Earth. So uh, Spaceship Earth, or otherwise known as the golf ball, Mm, it's not called mm, the golf, mm. it's not actually the golf ball. Um, But Geosphere. Yeah. Um, So the Spaceship Earth has these, a whole bunch of tiles on it, these triangular tiles, and they're not actually touching each other. Um, there is there are cracks in there so when it rains it actually all of the water goes into those cracks and there is a whole drainage system that goes throughout the exterior of that uh of the the ball (laughs) and um all of that water is actually rerouted to the world showcase lagoon and you so when you would think that if you're standing underneath a ball and it's raining, you would get wet. It would be like dripping in the middle of the thing. But you actually can stand underneath it and not get wet in the rain. 
because all of that water gets drained out into the lagoon. It actually goes down um, the, I think it's four pylon, four? There are six. There are six? I thought there were four. Well, there are three, but each, the three has like two things to it. Okay. So the water gets drained down into the legs of the geosphere. Yeah. And then that funnels it out to uh, the lagoon. Yep. Cool. All right. That will do it for this week's episode. Uh, Tune in next week where we will be talking about Dumbo. The next animated feature in the lineup. Yeah. And uh, we will be going over to Hollywood Studios to uh, take a trip around the park talking specifically about food in the park. And restaurants. Yeah, we'll take you to all the restaurants, talk about all of those, and give you, give you some of our opinions about those. If you would like to follow us on social media, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under the handle the Duck and Mouse. Or you can give us an email if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. We would love to hear from you. Absolutely. Uh, Give us a review on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Yes. Um, And our email is duckandmousepodcast at gmail.com. All right. All right. Until next time. See See you you real real soon. soon. Best place to watch Festival of Fantasy Parade in Magic Kingdom Park is right inside Liberty Square. There's a little restaurant called Sleepy Hollow on the right-hand side if you're walking in from the castle. And it's a little shaded area um, right there or right across from it is where they uh, do caricatures. And that is also a good place. The parade walk goes right past there. Not a lot of people stop there. And it's a nice little shaded area to watch the parade. And you can see the parade going across the bridge. Yes, you can. But don't try and stand on the bridge because they will kick you off. Yep. <laughs>